The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I wonder as we start today if we could just do a show of hands. I think you'll feel comfortable with this one. How many of you were part of some sort of team, either now or in, your, in the past? Could you just raise your hand and look around for a second? Look around. Yep, it's a, just look around. Looks like everybody. Like pretty much everybody. Some sort of team, either a sports team. It doesn't have to be a sports team. It could be some sort of academic team. We have lots of those as well. Most people have been involved in some kind of team. Teams and being a teammate is something that we all understand very well, subconsciously even. We, we see how teams work. We understand that. And, and we just look at so much of life uh, through that lens. So much so that Have you ever noticed that parents don't hesitate to put their kids in sports or team-building experiences? Have you ever noticed that? Parents don't really hesitate, like, I don't know, is it a good idea for my kids to play a team sport? Of course it is. (laughs) Like, it's something that we don't even think about. My parents just put me in all kinds of different sports and let me try ones out and see which ones uh, I felt comfortable with. And now we're doing that, Gina and I are doing that as parents, just like, Yeah, of course that's good for them. There are so many things that are good about being part of a team experience. Well, why is it that we just have such an automatic assumption of what we will experience as part of a team? Why is that? Because we know that somehow that team experience will be good for us. We kind of know that. Well, we should put it in a disqualifier here. That's if it's a good team. And I'm not talking about skill level, I'm talking about the intangibles of a team. The things that make for a good team experience. Can you think of some of those, of what those might be for you? Just think of them, you don't have to say them out loud. What makes a good team? Not necessarily winning all the time, but makes for a good team. What are those, some of those things, those intangibles? Well, those are some of the things that we sort of hope or assume will happen when we participate in a team experience or we put our kids into that kind of experience. We think that some of these will be the outcomes. I led our ad council and our confirmation students in this reflective exercise about what makes for a good team. And so I want to share some of those with you and see if you agree with them, okay? This is what the confirmands wrote. Actually, I'm going to turn that right now. I don't want you to look at that. Just listen to the ones that the Ad Council shared about what is a good team. Team, a good leader, good communication, a common goal, which of course is winning, but then we all agreed that you need to have secondary goals because if we think about church, what is winning as a church? Is it just getting to heaven or is there something else that, you know, what, is, what does it mean to win as a church? Uh, Team, a good team is having good team chemistry. A good team is uh, people giving effort, having a place to to gather and play, dedication, uh, each having different skills, positivity, praise and encouragement for one another. That was just what they said about good team. And so I I asked the Ad Council, which ones of these would you say makes for a good church? They said, well, all of it. We circled everyone. Good leader, of course, so everyone would like that. Good communication, common goal, team chemistry, dedication, positivity, praise, and encouragement. What makes for a good teammate? 
Similar, right? Communication. Commitment. Being coachable. As your pastor, I would say that's, that's essential. And as someone who's coached and been coached, being coachable is huge. Being a good teammate involves being someone that you can count on. Again, having a common goal that you're committed to. Being a good sport. Working with my kids on that right now as we play Uno. Uh, <laughs> being reliable. Having humility. Showing respect and, and being open to things. Uh, these were some of the things that the Ad Council said. And I, so I said, well, what, what then makes for being a good church member? Okay, if we carry this metaphor on. Again, circled every single one. All of these things. Good communication, commitment, being coachable, being someone you can count on, being reliable, having humility. There was one that we left off, right, Randy? Randy had mentioned uh, for a good team and being a good teammate, you need to have some level of skill, right? That's clear. You don't have to have that in the church. You don't. That's one we can leave out. If you don't have any skills that you know of, we can leave that out. So here's the ones that the confirmand said. And look, there's very similar. And they all play sports. Isn't that amazing too? Good team. Work together. Uh, repeating skills. Working hard at practices. Talking to one another. Having goals like winning, but then a confirmand said this, setting goals within the big goal. It can't just only be about winning. We have to have other uh, goals. Uh, want to was the <laughs> phrase that they used, like a commitment Stick up for each other. Sportsmanship. Uh, be respectful. And of course, as student athletes, good grades. You can't play if you don't do well in school, at least for high school, uh, JV. And so to be a teammate, do your part. Be a leader. Be reliable. Give your best. Uh, have skills. Help build each other up. Uh, commitment. Don't play. Drama. Don't have drama. Right on the team, that's detrimental to the team. Uh, and then, I loved this one. Uh, Brody actually shared this. Get on people. <laughs> what does that mean? Get on them. Well, if you're part of a team and someone's not pulling their weight, you say, come on, let's go. It doesn't go over well in the church. I'm just saying. It doesn't go over well in the church. So I, asked the, I asked the confirmants too, so what, which ones of these would you say is good for, good for church? And look, that's the red. We circled every one. Good team, good church. Except good grades. You don't need good grades to be here in the church. It's okay with that too. Good, good teammate, what does it mean to be a good church member? Do your part. Be a leader. Be reliable. Give your best. Show commitment. Don't play. I would agree. Don't play. We don't need drama, right? Uh, help. Encourage. Build, build each other up. Uh, get on people. Careful with that one, all right? Careful with that one. <laughs> Isn't this interesting that when we look at uh, being a good church and a good church member, these are the things we come up with. And I would, I would think that you would agree that most of these are true. That would be something that you say, yes, that is what church is supposed to be. But it's interesting that it's not always our experience of church. It's not our current experience of church. It's not our past experience of church. 
And some people who aren't at church any longer, not necessarily our church, but other churches, experienced kind of the opposite of these things. And so they left. Or people just kind of throw out this sort of vision of church altogether because of some different forces that are happening in our world right now that we've all really grown up in. And that's something I want to talk to you about today. Because it's interesting that as much as we think in terms of team, as much as that's this sort of embedded into our psyche, the Bible doesn't use that word. The Bible never talks about team. Maybe it wasn't as much of a cultural phenomenon. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing not anywhere close to what it is today. The Bible doesn't talk about team at all, but the the Bible does use the word member. We know that word, right? But the Bible also doesn't use the word member at all like we use it today. Membership in our world today has been deeply shaped by our consumer-driven culture. So think about this. We're members of the gym, right? We're members of uh, some community group. We're members of a hunting club or a taekwondo group or community. We're subscribing members to some blog or podcast or something like that where maybe we give some money and and we get something in return. But with this view of being a member, the individual pays for some kind of service and withdraws if the service doesn't meet consumer expectations. You ever notice that happening? And the consequence, friends, this is just a cultural reality that we really can't change or avoid. We can become aware of it and try to change it slowly. The consequence of applying this vision of membership to the church is a lack of belonging. If we engage in things with a consumer mindset of I'll take it and I'll leave it as it works for me, rather than the the biblical vision of being a member then we lack that sense of belonging. That kind of togetherness of being for each other no matter what. Of having each other's backs. Of knowing that I don't just say at least as my church family, but I know that we're close. I know that you would be there if things were hard for me in life. That I could call you if I was really struggling. That's a different sort of experienced reality of belonging. And friends, belonging is what we need. We as humans crave it. We crave the sense of belonging. And we suffer when we're missing it, don't we? You know, you know this to be true. We experience loneliness and isolation. And in those spaces of loneliness and isolation, mental illness, if we have any disposition to them at all, run rampant. And addictions and alcoholism and things like that just go crazy when we are lacking a sense of belonging. It's interesting, I was listening to a a podcast episode, a podcast called 10% Happier. It's like a counseling sort of mental illness, uh, just sort of well-being secular podcast, but it's very good. And they talked about a Harvard study that was recently done that was done on uh, longevity in life, of living a long life, and discovered that the number one variable, the study discovered that the number one variable for longevity and wellness in life was, or is, you guessed it, relationships the quality of your relationships and yet that's one of the things that's easiest to neglect or just sort of take for granted but uh, strong relationships in life can actually help us to be resilient and to, to feel a sense of belonging and stress is act, stress is actually reduced most effectively by having close relationships in life 
Well, this is exactly the vision of membership in the Bible. The body of Christ. That each one of us is being part of Christ's body. Inseparable. Inseparable. Did you catch that in the text? This is one of these texts that I don't even really need to explain to you. It just makes sense, doesn't it? We don't say, I don't ever say to my hand, you know, I really don't like this hand. I think I'm going to just ignore it for a little while and do other things. You know, we never even think about those things, and why would we? The body, the image of being a member of the body, a member of God's church, is being inseparable from one another. Working together. Having the same purpose. Caring for all the other parts the same as itself. Again, without thinking about it. And with this is our, when this is our experience of church, if this was our experience of church that we felt like we are inseparable from these other people that we gather with. We can't do anything without them, and yet we also can't wait to do more with them. We can't wait to live out God's purposes with them. When this is our experience of church, a sense of belonging is the result. And so we can't neglect any part of our body or withdraw any part of our body without significant pain. <laughs> without significant pain of like being amputated. That is the vision of what it means to be a member of the church. Again, that's a, quite a contrast from I pay some money and then those goods and services are available when I would like them to be available. <laughs> That's consumerism. That's how we've all been shaped throughout our entire life. That is the exact experience at the gym or uh, when you subscribe to Netflix or whatever it is that you are members of outside of this church experience. But this sense of belonging that emerges from being this kind of close-knit group, the body of Christ, that is just like a team, isn't it? That is just like the experience that we hope to have as a team. And in fact, some people have that experience early in their life. I knew guys that I played hockey with that were really part of that team. They were, that, that team was like their family. And later in life, they were so lacking that sense of belonging that that particular person I'm thinking of fell deep into alcoholism. Never was a problem when he was in high school, but because of all kinds of things, and that I would assume that lack of belonging that he experienced on the team, he didn't know what to do with himself. Because it was such a powerful force and when it was lacking, it's painful. I think a lot of people remember this sense of belonging. Not just from the, the fun of playing, but what it felt like to be a part of that team. Did you ever feel that? It's part of the team? Harper, do you feel that now? This part of your team, right? You're doing all kinds of things together. You feel like these are my people. These are my people. We belong to one another. I certainly remember that from my days playing hockey. And what, I, what I'd like us to notice, friends, is that that experienced sense of belonging didn't just happen, did it? Even if you played with some of the players from one season to the next, you know, you'd, you'd say, well, I know her, I, I know her, you know, okay, last year it was good. That sense of belonging does not come together again, even with a very similar team, until toward midway or to, to the end of the season. You have to go through all the ups and downs. You have to, you have to experience uh, failure. 
You have to work at big picture goals and go through short and, and try and achieve your short term goals. That sense of belonging comes through having hard conversations with one another. Yeah, like Brody said, uh, getting on people, calling people out, saying, come on, you know, how come you're late to practice? How come you didn't show up to practice? How come you're not giving your best? You know, we're all giving our best. Harper, Harper have you ever had to do that? I'm picking on you. <laughs> have you ever had to do that to someone? Like, come on. <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but you can do that with your teammates because they just know, like, well, I know that they love me. That's why they're getting on me. Right? Hope, you played sports a long time, a big part of your life. You, you just knew that. Or if your coach was riding you one day, you probably knew that you deserved it, right? And you also knew that your coach was trying to lead you to win. It was not just picking on you, you know, or, or anything like that, but it comes that ability to be able to speak into another person's life and to get on, an, get on a person comes from a deep sense of belonging. We have to feel like we belong to the team, and that comes through all, all the ups and downs, through the the hard conversations, the joys and the victories, supporting one another through defeat, and then facing the next obstacle together. I remember my uh, JV hockey coach just grinding us. Man, he worked us so hard. But then we really gelled as a team and we developed a, a group identity of, of being able to stop the varsity team during their practices when they were trying to do their power play and we just could stop them and we had to flip our sticks upside down and we couldn't even use the blades of our sticks and boy we just loved that we just really liked to stick it to them you know because they were the they were the big guys and we were the little guys it just felt great but that togetherness that sense of belonging came through all the hard work that we went through together through all the time and commitment that we shared with one another Friends, each one of us, each one of us as members of Christ's church are on Christ's team. Jesus says to us, it says to you every time you feel any sort of uh, longing in your heart to, to know Jesus or to come to worship, or to serve Him, every time that Jesus is working in your life, He says, you are on my team. And we hear, his, we hear His voice then inviting us to follow Him. And as we experience church together, as we say we are members of Cornerstone UMC, what we're really saying to one another is, you're on my team. You're on our team, Doug. You're on our team. We're going to be close. We are going to belong to one another. And we're saying to the new person or to the one uh, in our life who doesn't know Christ, you are on our team. It starts with that desire to know God and to then be baptized as a way that we ceremoniously uh, acknowledge the fact that this person is becoming part of Christ's team. And then youth, confirmands, come up and say for themselves, I want to be on Christ's team. That's what we say at confirmation. Right, Kylie? That's what we do. Yeah, that's exactly what you did. When we are part of Christ's team, members of His body, then we will experience that deeply needed, something we all need, and a powerful sense of belonging that the world is, is just desperate for right now. Not just needing it a little bit, just desperate. 
I would say we're desperate for that sense of belonging, aren't we? Aren't we, if we're honest? We can experience that here, together, just like a team. And just like a team, it doesn't develop without time, without going through the seasons, without commitment, without vulnerability. Unfortunately, I, I would like to not have to be vulnerable with anybody, but that is required. Without the ups and downs of life, without goals for the long term, and also for the short term, what are we hoping will happen week in and week out as we gather in Christ's name? And we, see, we get a sense of belonging as we lead by example and as we follow the example of Jesus. Friends, we have to show up to practice. We have to show up to the games and to the team meetings. We have to show up to the spaghetti dinners and really celebrate and anticipate what the games are going to be like. And as the body of Christ, if we commit to those things that we know Jesus, we will be strengthened. We will be encouraged. We will sense God's love for us and presence with us. And we will experience belonging. First as belonging to Jesus and then as belonging to one another. Amen. So I'd like us to just take a few moments of silent prayer and just ask God, just take this moment to ask God for exactly what it is you feel you're needing in life right now. Maybe you want to take this opportunity to thank God for being on Christ's team. Maybe you feel like you want to confess of God, I, I haven't been giving my best to you. If that's what you'd like to do, then do that. Uh, I'd like to ask God for a vision of what it would be like, what steps are needed for me to be even more a part of this team. Let's sit with God for this moment of silence, and I'll pray, and then we'll uh, close with the Lord's Prayer. Jesus, the life that you call us into when we are baptized, especially when we're confirmed, when we say that we want to be your people and to follow you, Jesus, that life is one of closeness with one another, of being inseparable, really, as uh, parts of the body are inseparable. And Lord, you know very well how just the the consumerism of our culture has shifted our vision of what it means to be the church. And as a consequence, we lack, God, the belonging that you intended us to experience. 
Lord, may you give us a desire to reclaim that belonging in powerful ways, in much deeper ways than even our current experience. Even if, even if some of us really do feel that here at church, then God, help us to see how we can bring others into that sense of belonging and reclaim this vision of what it means to be a church member. And Lord, may you help us to use this metaphor of a team to see clearly, really, what it is that you are inviting us into. So God, show us each of the steps that we can take, um, but also give us the grace and compassion that we need to take them, to not feel shame or guilt, but just excitement and enthusiasm and anticipation of what you will do within us and do among us in our church as we, uh, as we live out your calling on our lives. Uh, Jesus, we pray all this in your name, and we pray now the prayer that you taught us to pray.